Hey, I'm Dwayne. And I'm Jennifer. And together we're doing a podcast, Roots. The Unseen Life. Come on a journey with us. You'll produce a system of roots that will stabilize you and... Produce fruit. We're going somewhere. Come along with us. Hey, hey, hey. Want to welcome you to the Roots Podcast? Roots, the unseen life, Dwayne. You forget the tagline every time. I actually leave room so you can participate. So you don't dominate the entire time? <laughs> uh, we have an unbelievable uh, privilege um, to uh, our, guests, our guests with us on the podcast today. And so we've brought the computer a little bit close. So if you're watching online, you might, uh, you might see the computer there. But it's because we have our friend here. His name's Bob Sorge. And uh, I just, Bob, before, before we go to you, I want to talk about you. Um, I remember meeting Bob and his wife, Marcy, probably 1999. 98, actually. 98. Yeah. I think it was at a barbecue. And, um, and, and I've watched you from a distance, and it's only been in the last probably several years, probably six, seven, eight years, that you've become more close in our friendship. But... I'm going to ask Bob to give a little bit of his testimony, but for me, Bob has a, is a unique man in the earth. Yeah. The Lord has had him on a very unique personal journey and has produced gold in his life. I'm getting emotional even here talking about you, Bob. <laughs> and, uh, and so for me, it's a joy to have you with us. Can I, I want to say stuff about Bob too. Bob, you know I adore you, but I want everyone else to know that I adore you. And, and one of the things I love about you is that you're tried and true. What you say, you have a history of living. And in the midst of culture today, there's so many voices, so many talking heads, so many people that are clamoring for a microphone that have very little to say. And social media has given a lot of people a platform that maybe shouldn't have a platform or maybe wouldn't have had a platform. And, you know, it'll all work out in the end. But when I, I think of you and I think of the life that you've lived in secret, I, I want the world to know who you are. Amen. And I want the world to read your books and to hear what's been produced in you because it's, it's one of the most authentic expressions of Christianity I've ever experienced. And you and Marcy have been such dear friends to Dwayne and I. And the times that, you know, you give wisdom when we needed wisdom, you've been an anchor of hope for us on multiple occasions, and we adore you, and now I think our viewers are going to adore you, too, if they don't already. Absolutely. We value your friendship so much, Dwayne and Jennifer. Thank you. I, I wish that there was a way that I could have Marcy on this podcast with me, and we just don't have the tech ability to make two microphones on this end work. But uh, we, you are just a, a, a prince and a princess in the kingdom for us and dear friends and so i'm i'm just i'm so honored to be with you in this podcast and you know i don't know if, if i how clearly i've said this to you but when i was with you in brazil in florianopolis and i saw the fruit of your labors and at the base in Florianopolis. It it just I was blown away. The the fruit that remains from your lives, it's literally 
around the world. And so I'm so, I consider it an honor and a privilege to count you as friends. Thank you, my friends, for uh, for your faithfulness in the kingdom. And uh, thank you for letting us be a part of your lives and for this opportunity to hang together and let a few other people uh, <laughs> listen, in. listen in on our conversation. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, our, it's our privilege for sure. Oh, we love it, man. Yeah. We love it. And so... When we were putting together, you know, our, our podcast is Roots, The Unseen Life. And so we're focusing on the that which is under the surface. And you were kind of at the top, one of the top people just of what has been produced in your life that gives you a root system. And so a lot of maybe, um, a lot of um, maybe some of our guests don't know your story. And so just give us a little brief part of your testimony and just your journey, just kind of in a synopsis. Take, take some time, but just give us a little bit of your story so that people know if they don't know you, they know the context that we'll be asking some of our questions. Otherwise, people are going to assume that you've been a heavy smoker all your life, Bob. <laughs> Set the record straight. I suffered a vocal injury 28 years ago that left my voice very small, actually painful to use. And so I lean very much on a microphone like I have in my hand right now. I hope that this microphone isn't too much of a distraction, but it's able to capture my voice, which is very small. And in this fashion, I'm able to communicate and interact with you. And uh, so happy to be on this session with you. Uh, so. For 28 years, every word has been painful. And that's quite a challenge. I was a pastor and a worship leader and had to resign as a, as a pastor. Can, I can no longer lead a team in this condition. Um, and so there's a lot of losses. Um, uh, and there's some significant gains as well that the Lord has promised. He has promised, he's promised healing. Wow. Uh, I've got I've got some clear prophetic words. I've got the I've, I've got the the word of prophecy made more more clear in the word of God. I've got I've got promises in the word, promises in the spirit, and so I'm holding to His promise every day, and uh, and expecting a miracle. I'm Amen. expecting the gates to open in a time when I'm just in a visit like this. Yeah, and suddenly wow. the gates are going right. to open wow. and Jesus is going to be glorified. So don't be too shocked if God <laughs> just decides to break into this podcast and, uh, and show his glory. So I live with that kind of expectation because he is good to his promises. Amen. Heaven and earth will pass away before the promises of God pass away. So I'm trusting and believing. And uh, a lot of books have come in in the season when the voice yeah. shut yeah. down, the writing opened up. And so now uh, over 20 books in this season. Uh, I'm my best known book is called Secrets of the Sacred Place. Just yep. came out with a new hardcover edition. Come on. And, 
yeah and so uh, yeah i'm grateful actually my voice goes further in the earth today through my books than through a microphone okay yeah. okay but i'm happy to do this microphone session no with you now. and so just as a quick advertisement where do they get your books where do, where can we get your stuff bobsorgi.com well Amazon is easy because all my books are on Amazon. All my books are in all the electronic formats like okay. Kindle and iTunes and Nook and Google Play. And, uh, and the store that we operate is called OasisHouse.com. Okay. Oasis House. And uh, then I have a blog called BobSorgi.com. And so, and I'm on Instagram and you, I've got a YouTube channel. Oh, I've got to mention my YouTube yes, channel. Yes, absolutely. I, you, Get onto my YouTube channel because my son Joel has done a bunch of films for me there yes. that are, are really spectacular. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, check out. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. Yeah. Okay. I love the videos that Joel has done for you. They are beautiful. Amazing. Phenomenal. Amazing. So good. I'm, I'm totally agreeing. That's so good. So, Bob, talk to us about... The expectation of a believer, and well, I'll just say it from my perspective, I didn't expect suffering. I didn't expect hard times. I kind of thought my life in God was going to be bigger, better, new, improved, always gaining ground. And I could have looked at you, you were a pastor, you were a worship leader, you would have assumed, or I would have assumed, that you had it all going on, and God's blessing was on you, and life was going to be perfect. And so, but life isn't perfect. And there's those unexpected trials that we fall into. So how have you held your heart for all these years and not given up? Like, what? Give us those, are there secrets? Is there one, two, three? Is it just messy? I, I need to learn. There's only one secret I can share with you, and that is the living word of God that abides forever. Because if it were not for the words of his mouth, I, I would be a casualty today. Mm. But because of his word, and uh, it, it, Psalm 84, they go from strength to strength. I used to think that, and, and I think maybe you can see my hand. Yeah. I yeah. used to think that from strength to strength meant almost like a ladder, going from yeah. strength to strength to strength to strength. And now I realize it's from strength to strength. Wow to strength the journey in god is never unbroken momentum there's always increase and then diminishment yeah. there's always advance and then struggle and it's normative to the christian life the christian life is a roller coaster ride wow. and there are times when we are aware that we're on this part of the curve where you know our hearts are growing our joy is growing the money is growing the favor is growing the influence is growing the likes are growing and then we hit 
this part of the curve. And the fact is that every hero of our faith in the Bible, every, capital E, every hero of the faith has a roller coaster trajectory in their walk with God. One time I thought to myself, you know, I should probably write a book on the roller coasters of the Bible. And then I realized, wall encyclopedia, because all of them are roller coasters. Yeah. Even Jesus himself, my God, my God, why have you forsaken wow. me? So there is this identification with the yep. cross that's a part of all of our journeys. And now here's, here's my conviction, Jennifer. I think there is no other way to move forward in the kingdom than through the birth canal of adversity. Yeah, that, that, I don't, that's amazing, I that don't, statement right there. I don't know any other way. We thought it was a setback. We thought that we had lost and been diminished. And the Lord's going, no, no, this is a birth canal for you. I'm using the pressure of this moment to actually catapult you into my heart, wow. to force you to put down roots deeper into me than you ever have. And if you will put down roots in me in this season, I'm actually going to redeem it and bring you through into another chapter of my purpose for your life. I don't know another way forward except through the birth canals. Hmm. That's a beautiful statement, but difficult to live. Very. Now, I love the theme of your podcast, Roots. And so I'm going to do some root talking, if that's okay with you. <laughs> that's why we want you. No, please I'm, do. Please I'm do. Like, yeah, yeah, because it's, for me, it's all about roots. And if I get preachy, please forgive no, me. I'm no, no, no. Okay. Preach. It's just what I do. Bring it. But, uh, but a verse that I think is misunderstood a lot in the body of Christ. Proverbs 13, verse 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. And I've heard very, I've heard a lot of preachers talk about that verse, about how we need to get our hope back because hope deferred making your heart sick is like this negative that needs to be fixed and avoided. I take another approach on it. I think that God actually destines for us to have seasons in life when hope is deferred and we become heartsick. Then the verse goes on to say that when the desire comes, it's a tree of life. And here's what I see in the verse. If I will harness the heart sickness and use the angst of my soul to put down roots in God when the hope is deferred, when the answer is not yet coming, when the promise mm -hmm. is delayed, if I will put down roots 
roots in God, roots into the word and fasting and prayer and coming after God. When the desire is fulfilled, the whole thing becomes a tree of life wow. that feeds a generation. But the only way it becomes a tree of life is if you put down roots. So good, Bob. The heart sickness is essential to the journey because unless we're heart sick, we just kind of relax and get chill and comfortable and everything is great. Mm -hmm. But when you're heart sick, now you're desperate. And in the desperation, you're putting down roots into the Holy Spirit, roots into the Word. And it's if you will grow a root system in your heart sickness, when the desire comes, a tree of life. And here's the thing about a tree. It feeds more than just you. Mm. And God wants to turn your story into a tree of life that will actually feed a generation. So if your heart's sick, put down roots into God so that you have the root system to support the tree of life that God wants to produce in your life. Wow. I'm I'm just sitting here feeling like I'm getting prophesied to, honestly. <laughs> like, the, your words are good. Sorry, That's go on. That's Proverbs 13, verse 12. Yeah. And if I can keep on preaching, I'm just going to keep going here because somebody who did this was Joseph. Mm -hmm. Joseph is... Is he and you know Joseph is this young kid that does everything right, and he ends up in prison because he did everything right. Some people think, oh, you're in prison because you went, you did it wrong. But right. he's the guy that gets in prison because he does everything right, and so God is going to use adversity like a birth canal in Joseph's life to bring him forward into his inheritance. That prison was actually essential for Joseph to become everything that he was meant to be. So Joseph gets in prison, and now we guess that he's around 20 years old at the time. We, uh, that's, a, that's a rough guess. And so this 20-year-old kid in prison, and every gift that he had developed in Potiphar's house is rendered useless. It doesn't matter how good his business skills they're not going to get him out of prison. It doesn't matter his charisma. It's not going to get him out of prison. It doesn't matter his good looks, his physique, his ability to administrate and lead. All his gifts are useless because God knows. God's like, Joseph, you're good, but you're not good enough. Yes, you've got five talents, but your five talents are not going to take you where I want to take you. For you to enter into your destiny, you need to develop a root system in the heart of God. But to develop that root system, if I just leave you to yourself, you'll just keep on depending on your gifts. Right. Because this is what five talent people do. We yeah. just depend upon our gifts and our talents. And sometimes God has to shut them down, make us desperate and heartsick, so that now in our desperation, we're putting down roots in the Holy Spirit. So Joseph is in prison, and the only direction he has to go 
is down, putting down roots into the heart of God. God, if you don't talk to me, I'm going to lose my mind. God, serving you does not work. I've been faithful. Mm -hmm. I've cultivated my gifts. I've practiced your presence. I even said no to Potiphar's wife. And serving you does not work. And all God is saying to Joseph is deeper. Wow. Go deeper. Wow. And so he's in a prison where the only direction you have to go is deeper into the heart of God. And I think Joseph decided to, in in his pursuit of roots, I think he decided to study his God language. Hmm. Because God has given him a couple dreams in his youth. God talks to Joseph in dreams. That's his God language. And Joseph is in a situation where he's like, okay, my dreams seem to hint of greatness, but my prison is telling me I'm going to die here. And so he's trying to reconcile his dreams with his living reality in right. his yeah. prison. And he decides to study his God language. He's like, I'm going after dream interpretation. And so he he's putting roots into the Holy Spirit to understand God what did those dreams mean so that when the butler and the baker come to the prison he's now able to interpret their dreams and then when pharaoh gets a dream he's able to interpret pharaoh's dream because he went deep in god and studied his god language it wasn't his gifts that got him out of prison it was knowing his god language Mm. so i just want to ask everybody that's watching this podcast what's your god language Mm -hmm. identify how does god talk to you Mm. identify it study it and master it yeah It just might get you out of prison, too. And Joseph got out of prison because in his heart sickness, he put down roots into God. And it was his root system that got him out of that prison. And then it was his root system that enabled him to become a feeder of nations mm-hmm. and to dis- to establish Israel in the land of Goshen and set them up to become a nation so that now the nation of Egypt becomes a womb for the nation of Israel. Wow. And Israel is now, the whole nation is in this place of adversity and, you know, and, and uh, they're under taskmasters and so on. Egypt is horrible for them, but God's got a big smile on his face. I am growing you into a nation. For 400 years, Egypt protected Israel. God's like, I'm just going to hire the Egyptians to protect your nation. <laughs> and then 400 years later, once that wool, once you come out of that wool, I'm going to birth you. You're going to come out. You're going to be so large as a nation that you're going to be able to take your promised land, inherit your promised land, live in your promised land, hold on to your promised 
promised land. So God puts us into captivity to enlarge us. He puts us in circumstances, in duress, in adversity to enlarge us so that when we come through that birth canal, we're to enter our promises, mm -hmm. take our promises, inhabit our promises, and hold on to our promises. And if I'm not preaching to anybody else on this podcast, I'm <laughs> preaching to myself. No, you're I preaching to me. I want to inherit Amen. the promises of God. Lord Jesus, make me big enough in this season of shutdown. Make me large enough in you so that I can come out of this thing large enough to enter into my promises. Yeah, amen. amen. I got I got several questions here. What what is a posture of heart? What is a prayer that can be prayed in the midst of the downward downward slide in that season where you know you're being squeezed? You know you're in the birth canal. What is a what's a, a wise response to the Lord? What's a wise prayer? Um, does that question make sense? What like what is God looking for? And what what do you want to help if you're going, hey, you've got me pinned. What else can I give you? Mm -hmm. What what is he looking for in that season? All, all I know to answer, Dwayne, is how I have walked personally with the Lord. In my times of heart sickness, I have just gone after the Word of God. Okay. Pressed into the Word of God. I'm talking about the Bible. I'm yep. talking about Scripture. I'm talking yep. about living in the Scripture. Uh, when this happened to me, now I, in the midst of it, I didn't have this language, but now I look back on it and realize I went through a 15-year depression. Uh -huh. That's what it was. Wow. 15 years of more of this than of this, if you know what I mean. A 15-year season of dark breathe. And I just decided the more depressed I get, the harder I'm coming after you. And so that's been my posture I live by the words of your mouth, and if you don't talk to me, I am going to lose my mind. And it's the words of his mouth that have sustained me. So I just don't know what else to say to our listeners, or mm. excepting to say, go after the word of God. Mm -hmm. Put down roots in his word and in the spirit. And uh, yeah, that's 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 how I've that's how I've walked it. Mm -hmm. Do you think there are, are stages of understanding what the Lord's doing? Because you've been on this journey for a long time. In the beginning, were you confused? Did you wonder if you had sinned? Did you start confessing relative sins? Like. You know what I mean? Like when you're in the beginning of this, do you even know if you're upside down or heading the right direction? I would say the first year I would use the word blackness. It uh. was just, I couldn't see anything. Uh, the second year I would use the word numbness, just numb. For two years, it was just like, uh, what just happened to me? And after the first couple of years, I felt like I began to find a 
journey in God. <clears throat> and one of the first things that the Lord really used to speak to me in, in an encouraging way was from John 15, the metaphor of pruning. And the thing that encouraged me most from the pruning metaphor is that when the farmer prunes a vine, he's not angry, he's not rebuking, it's all about favor. He's enjoying the vine, he's celebrating the vine, and he's like, I'm getting you ready for your next season because I've been so pleased with what you did in this last season. So I good. want more. And so he's cultivating us for an even greater fruitfulness than we've ever known. And when the Lord gave this to me, it's fruitful branches that Amen. get pruned. Wow. And it's like he said, it's like he said to me, the reason this has happened to you, Bob, is because you were being fruitful. I thought that I was in trouble. I thought that he was rebuking me or correcting me or chastising me or, or whatever. And he's like, congratulations, son. You were being fruitful. Yeah. And I know there's more. And so uh, in, in my case, yeah. he pruned rather vigorously. Let me put it that way. <laughs> totally. Um, and, uh, but, but he knows each of us individually, mm -hmm. and he prunes individually. So he doesn't prune in your life the way he prunes in my life. Right. And, and I just want to say, our Heavenly Father is so wise mm. in his leadership. Amen. He knows how to prune in every one of our lives yeah. just perfectly. Yeah, yeah. And this may be silly, but I just think you know, different times that I've gone through something and I, and I can see the hand of God in it. And then I look back and someone is going through their own struggle and it's not as intense as my struggle. I think they're a baby. I mean, that I, I'm not proud of that. That's your self-righteousness. That's my self-righteousness. And, and like, you don't know suffering. You know what I mean? And, and the way what I have felt, Jennifer, is I have felt reproach because it's like the Lord has been pretty vigorous with me mm -hmm. and then my neighbor gets it easy, you know, yeah. and I'm yeah. like, why, why did I get it so tough and why does my name because now i'm looking pretty bad next to them and in one of the proverbs the lord gave me there's there's a pro i won't be able to quote it but there's a proverb that goes to this that has this idea in it correct your son and he will give you rest and I think one of the reasons God corrects in our lives is he wants us to become a place of rest for the Holy Spirit. Wow. He wants for the dove to come and rest on us and remain upon us. And he will correct us so that we become a dwelling place for the dove of the Holy Spirit. And if we'll respond to his corrections properly, the dove will come and rest and remain upon us. And 
and it was kind of like like almost like the Lord said it to me like this. The reason my corrections are more forceful in your life is not because you have greater issues, but you're called to a greater anointing. That's good. So, so I want to learn how to host the dove of yeah. the Holy Spirit. Wow. I want to be a place of rest for him. And so I'm paying attention to his corrections. Okay, Lord, subdue my walk yeah. so that I might become a, a, a host for the dove. Mm -hmm. That's so good. I mean, one of the, you know, you know, much of no, some of the church would preach a message of bigger, be more beautiful, higher, go farther, my best days now. Um, and so we we don't have a theology of unanswered prayer often, and or delayed answers. Yeah. And I know that this is a topic that you've studied and talked to us about about why I know I know it's the general conversation, but that delayed promise. And, and what happens in that delayed promise and why I should not let go of my promise when it didn't come the way I was expecting it to come. Because, you know, I think, you know, many of us can say, well, God, he's just like the donkey that's got the, ca the carrot hanging out there and we'll never get it. And so just, just give us a little bit of your thoughts on that. I've got a lot of thoughts, and uh, you just can keep on drawing them out. I've, uh, I, I wrote a book called yeah. The Fire of Delayed Answers. I think it's one of my strongest books. And sometimes people will come to me and they'll and they'll want to talk about that book because the, they'll want to they'll they'll want to tell me how much that book has meant to them, but they forget the title, and so they're searching for the title. That book that you wrote, that book that, that <laughs> and they're trying to they're trying to find the title, and they go the book on unanswered prayers. And when they call it the book on unanswered prayers. You have just petted the cat in the wrong direction. <laughs> that is not a book on unanswered prayers. It's a book on delayed answers. There is a huge difference yes. between a delayed answer and no answer. But here's our problem. When God delays the answer to our prayers, a lot of times we just assume I guess that means the answer is no. Mm -hmm. And I just want to know, did he actually say no to you? Mm -hmm. He rarely says no. Never assume that his silence means no. Wow. If God hasn't answered your prayer yet, the only thing you can safely assume that to mean is, he hasn't answered your prayer yet. There it is. There it is. So wait on him because he is a God who answers prayer. And there's two words that help me in this. The words withholding and restraint. I want to suggest, Dwayne, God withholds nothing from us. Hmm. Just look at the cross. 
a God with nails in his hands, nails in his feet, who is unto his last breath and unto his last drop of blood, saying, I give you my heart, my soul, my mind, my strength, my being, my all. He's giving us his everything on the cross. God withholds nothing from us. He's given us his best, his, the Lord Jesus. He's given us his everything. And he withholds nothing from my life. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Wow. Having said that, he does sometimes restrain things. God is a God of incredible restraint. He may not be withholding it, but he may be restraining himself for a season because he's writing a story. He's crafting a birth canal. He wants to bring us into the fullness of our inheritance. And he is strategic in restraining himself. When you look at the Bible, the restraint of God is from Genesis to Revelation always restraining himself with his friends. You look at the heroes of our faith, Dwayne. They, all of them have, almost every hero of the faith has a common denominator in their story. Years of waiting on God. Mm -hmm. Years in a wilderness. Yeah. Years living in caves, forests, running for their life. Years, Caleb, 40 years in the wilderness. Abraham, 25 years waiting for a promise. Jacob doesn't have his breakthrough until he's 130 years old. Wow. Jacob's one of my heroes. Job, the characters that we look to as heroes, mm -hmm. all of them have these elongated seasons in which God is restraining himself because he's an author who knows how to write a good story. And even Jesus restrained himself. For 30 years, he restrained himself from miracles. And then even when he started his miracle ministry, he was always restraining himself. It's just who God is. He's withholding nothing. But sometimes he's restraining himself for strategic purpose. And Dwayne, I have to believe that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, Amen. and forever. In fact, when you look at that verse, Hebrews 13, 8, when you look at the context of that statement, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever, the context, and I'm not going to break it down for you, I'm just going to give it to you. Yeah. The context is this, the God who brought Abraham through his ups and downs and used his 25 years as a birth canal to bring him into his story 
is the same Jesus today, the Jesus who brought Caleb through a 40-year wilderness so that he could take a mountain, is the same Jesus today, the Jesus who took Joseph through a prison. He has not changed. He is the same Jesus today, the Jesus that took David through the wilderness and through forests and caves. He has not changed. He's the same Jesus today. Jesus that restrained himself with the saints that have gone before us. Naomi, oh, I love the story of Naomi. The the God of restraint. And so I want to enter into this thing with him. I want to believe while he's restraining himself. I want to enter into faith and endure with him and enter into the story. I'm trying to give him as big a mark as I can. How big a bullseye can I paint on my chest? Jesus, here's a story. I'm going to give you material you can work with. So I'm trying to stay out of the way. I'm trying to stay in faith, hold to his promise, and let him write it his way. Mm. That's beautiful. I I love that. I mean, we don't have much more time here, but... um, the idea of devouring the word of God is not a vision that many have in a season of testing. And as a practical, I really want people to catch that. Um, I know that in a couple of my different seasons, um, I feel like that would have been one place that I should have focused more is, is in that place. Because I know that when I did go to the word, I found stability and I found faith. And when I wasn't in the Word, that's when my internal conversations were so loud, I, my, I couldn't control my emotions. I was, you know, just, you know, those challenges. Wavering. Chal- wavering. Mm-hmm. And, and I just, as a practical, guys, I want you to, I, I love Bob's zeal for promise. Mm-hmm. God never changes. He's not one, a man that he should lie. But in that restraining season, in that delaying season, um, it is that is the, uh, that's what actually I think God's looking at the most mm-hmm. in my life. I've experienced mm-hmm. that. Dwayne, I've written on that topic a lot, and Secrets of the Secret Place is a is a tremendous source to strengthen believers in this. Yeah. And, and so I want to I want to send some traffic to find that resource. Yeah. You can and you know electronically whatever. Yep. Here's what God did for me. The Lord gave me a visual to carry my heart. I don't have time to give you all the details on the story, but my mom, when she was, I think, 40 years old, 40 or 42, I forget her exact age, but she was young and she developed cancer. Now, she never went to the doctor, never got a biopsy, so we do not know that it was cancer for sure, that there's some, uh, it's a little bit fuzzy on that, but her health was plummeting, and I watched what my mom did. She went after the Lord in his word. I remember I'm 13 years old, and I would leave the house to go to school, and as I'm leaving, mom is sitting on the couch with her Bible and her book on divine healing. When I would come home from school. There she is kneeling at the couch, her Bible here, her book on divine healing. And she went after the word of God in a desperate kind of pursuit that 
I saw with my eyes when I was 13 years old. And God visited my parents on March 17, 1970. It's a story I don't have time for, but she was instantaneously healed. The growths disappeared. Wow. And my mom just died this past Valentine's Day at 90 years old. Not a stitch of cancer in her body. And it gave me a visual. I saw it with my eyes. If you will go after God in your darkest places, he will be found of you. And the scripture says he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And so I had that visual, Dwayne, and I used it. I said, okay, I'm going after the God of my mother, the God of my father. I'm going to do this thing. And I'm asking the Lord to make me a visual for this generation because, Dwayne, my story's not finished. I've been coming after the Lord, but I'm still not healed. And it's essential that I touch the hem of his garment Mm -hmm. because I want to be that kind of a visual for a generation to see this is what happens when you come after god yeah i think we need those kind of visuals in our day and age amen not enough that we have stories from the 1940s we need today men and women that are walking something that a generation can lay hold of so i am after this with all my heart now Dwayne, you said that our time is short, and so I'm, 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 uh, I'm, I just got, I gotta fit this in, okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, a little story. Yeah. Be- before we wrap it up, I'm in El Paso. This was back in January. There was this was before COVID really hit our world hard. I'm in El Paso. and I'm in the green room with the pastor's wife. We're meeting for the first time, and she's curious about my story, and she's asking me questions about my voice and so on. And uh, and she asks this question. Uh, she says, does it hurt for you to talk? Now, in a context like that, because of my pain levels and my weakness, I'm probably on a notepad. So I'm gonna, I'm almost certain that I was talking to her on a notepad. So I think I wrote it down. But I said to her, every word has been painful for 28 years. And she got this look of compassion on her face and she goes, oh, I'm sorry. You know what I said to her? God has never apologized to me for this. He never apologizes for the trials of life. God's like, Job, why should I apologize to you for your horrific trial when I'm going to use it to make you the first signpost in Scripture to the cross of Jesus Christ? I'm going to give you the first book of the Bible. I'm going to give you an inheritance in every generation. I'm actually going to catch you up to the throne and you are going to see God with your eyes. Why should I apologize to you for this? Joseph, why should I apologize to you for your horrific Egyptian prison? when I'm going to 
going to use this sweet little prison as a birth canal to bring you into your destiny. You're going to become a feeder of nations. You are going to single-handedly save the lives of an entire nation. And you are going to set up Israel, your family, in Goshen so that they can grow and become a nation of their own and enter into their own promised land. Wow. Jesus, why should I apologize to you for your horrific cross when I'm going to use this cross to redeem to myself men from every nation, every language, every skin color, every continent. I'm going to bring a bride that's going to live in your heart forever. He never apologizes to us for the adversities of life because he always intends to redeem the tragedies of life and turn them into redemptive triumphs. Therefore, put down roots into God in wow. your trial so that when the answer is fulfilled, the desire is fulfilled, you have a root system to support a tree of life that will now feed a generation on the goodness of God. Wow. Selah. <laughs> and that is so Good, Bob. Thank you so much. So good. I, I feel, I ministered feel refreshed. To. I feel ministered I to. I feel strengthened. I feel convicted. It's really, really good. And and I've said many times. I believe in healing, of course, but the person that I look to that provokes me to believe in healing the most is you, because you're still contending, although your circumstances mock you. But you are still standing steady and still believing. And if you're still believing, then I'm still believing. And I, I love that. Is there time for three more minutes? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I can do it. Yes. yes. Okay. Okay. I'm. I, I, I'm not. I'm still on the roots thing. When a vineyard is under a drought, the farmers say. They will not irrigate a vineyard in a time of drought. Hmm. And I'm going, that is exactly when you need to irrigate your vineyard, bro. Yeah. There's no water. You need to irrigate your vineyard. And the farmer goes, no. If I irrigate my vineyard in this drought, the roots of the vines will return to the surface to capture the surface moisture. But if I stress the vines and withhold moisture from them, they have only one direction to go, hmm. deeper. And now under the stress of drought, the vines are having to work extra hard and they are pushing roots into crevices and crannies that they've never had to reach before. Soil gets tired, but now the roots are touching soil that's never been touched, going where no root has gone before wow. and now pressing those roots down the roots are now touching untouched minerals 
untouched nutrients. Mm. And it's there that you get a vintage wine. A vintage wine does not come in a good season. A vintage wine comes in a hard season. When the, when the vines are stressed, they have to go deep and wow. they find new nutrients in God. It's stressed vines that produce vintage wines. I'm just saying the same thing over and over. No, over. it's amazing. Harness the adversity. Let it be a birth canal, put down roots in God, and he will bring a vintage wine out of your life. I'm trying to speak purpose to somebody watching this podcast. God has a purpose for your trial. Take the thing to the end and give him some material to work with. Just say, Lord, I'm in the story to the end. I'm going to hold to you. He's restraining himself. You restrain yourself too. Get into some restraint in the Holy Spirit and walk with him and let him finish your story. Wow. I I was just surfing here. There's a verse. I just wanted to pull it up, Bob, when... It's been kind of my little bit of my theme in this last season, and I've quoted it with many different in many settings with different friends. And it's out of Daniel eleven. Daniel eleven to me is one of the most complex chapters in the entire Bible in regards just to following what's being said, and it's regards to the season of the return of the Lord. But verse thirty two, thirty two b. But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. And so when I was younger, I focused on carry out great exploits. And and now I feel like in this season, I the Lord is highlighting to me, Dwayne, I'm looking for there to be a greater level of strength within your life. And and so when you said from from glory to glory, from strength to strength, it just hit me that there is coming adversity on the earth. There's coming challenges where we can't be a weak people who don't know our God mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and who are, don't have that root system. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's why I, when, I, when we invited you, this is the topic I wanted you to talk on. Yeah. And give this generation vision to go through trying seasons and to actually go through that birth canal with tenacious pursuit of, of finding God. Mm-hmm. There is nothing more life transformational than pursuing faith in the midst of fiery trials. Yes. Because when you go after faith, you know faith comes by hearing, by hearing by the Word of God. When you go after the Word of God and endure in faith in the middle of a fiery trial, He's transforming everything about us. He's transforming how we think, how we feel, how we talk, how we relate to Him, our intimacy. He's, 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 He's putting, he's bringing us into righteousness and holiness mm-hmm. and humility. He's changing everything about us. Enduring in faith and fiery trials is the most life transformative thing possible. I'm just preaching James chapter one right now yeah. <laughs> because we come through it complete, lacking nothing. Yes. That's how he, that's what he wants to bring us to complete lacking nothing it's because we endured in faith 
So he says, count it all joy when all hell breaks loose in your life. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so good. We're going to have you on more. Absolutely. Because I think we're, I feel like we're just getting warmed up and there's so many questions I want to ask and so many things I want you to say. So you we'll just keep on. You just keep on pulling my chain. <laughs> you have to stop pulling my chain tonight. So good, Bob. We love you. We appreciate you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being on our, our very famous podcast, right? Yeah, now. and I want to a very famous <laughs> podcast. But hey, I just also, just check out Bob's resources. I think... Um, you know those books. There's he's written. There's some incredible gems incredible. in those books that have yes. written, and just I'm in process right now. I'm writing a book on the cross. Oh, I remember last time with you. You were you were talking about a chapter you'd written. So that should just, be pretty good. I can hard. I can hardly think about anything else right now. It's about <laughs> all I can talk about is the cross of Jesus right now. It's Come beautiful. On. We love it. Well, thanks so much, guys. God bless. Check out the the other resources Bob's got. And, uh, we'll Oasishouse.com, bobsorgi.com. Just Google Bob just, Sorgi everywhere. And on Amazon, all of his books on there as well. But God bless you guys, and uh, we'll, talk, we'll see you guys again. Ciao, ciao. 